0: Hello, I'm Evan Novi williams
1: And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we... (laughs) I'm sorry, Scott. I know you're not here, man. But see, now we're saying wait, We're going to explore the big money issues in the world of sports, and uh, Scott's out all this week. So it's just Evan and I. Uh, We're going to talk about several things, and we have to start... This has turned into one big controversy. I got a lot of thoughts about this. Uh, (laughs) Nike... They had their 4th uh, of July sneakers. Uh, they have pulled them from the stores, in case you haven't heard, because they had the old Betsy Ross flag on the back of the heel of the shoes. Now, there were complaints, including uh, from uh, Colin Kaepernick, who is under the Nike stable, that it reminded people that it was harkened back to the slavery days and it could offend some people. So Nike decided to pull the shoes from the stores before they even went on sale they already went to retailers but they said nope recall them bring them back then that drew a lot of reaction one from the Arizona governor Doug Ducey who is now upset and that means Nike which uh, had a factory they were going to have in Phoenix uh, he has removed some of the incentives now from Nike because he's upset about that and uh, the leader of the uh, Senate mitch mcconnell he's upset uh he says in fact that uh you know put them on sale uh, i'll buy a pair so uh, hopefully i've set it up there a little bit but i i i got a lot to say but i'll let you talk yeah
0: about it's it's a that was a good setup that's a good kind of summary of where we are right now uh it's kind of a fascinating topic i think there's a lot of layers here the thing i'll say first off in my opinion the big thing that nike did wrong here is that they got this far into the process before realizing there was information out there that they didn't have that made them not want to sell the shoe, right? So Nike d- designed this shoe, they approved it, they manufactured it, they shipped it out to retailers, and then learned a little bit more information that made them not want to sell it. Um, and that seems like a, a business mistake, right? I mean, you can we can debate, and, and we probably will in the next couple of minutes, we can debate whether or not this is a shoe that should be sold, and we can debate whether or not this is a shoe that should be recalled. But getting that far into the process before deciding you don't want to sell it, that seems like a big mistake.
1: You are 10,000% right. That—that That is the big mistake Nike made. You let it go all the way to that point, and you said, oh, well, maybe we need, need to think twice about this. Now, having said all that, And this is, you know, there have been debates about, you know, well, now is the Betsy Ross flag. Some people are saying, I didn't even know it was offensive to uh, others who are African-Americans saying, hey, you know, I don't want something that reminds me of slavery. I want to bring up one major point here, Hmm. and this is getting lost. Uh, Whether whatever side you're on, remember something, Nike is selling a product. So if you're selling something that's what, 230 something dollars. And it's going to tick off a number of people who you're trying to sell it to. Maybe, as a company, you're going to say, well, you know what? We need to rethink this, and we're going to pull this back. So now people are mad at Nike because they pulled the shoe. They're a company. They're trying to sell a product. And and am I going to drop $230 if my kid says, I want those shoes? Uh, I'm going to think twice about it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, you know, part of this feels like deja vu because we had some of these same conversations Ten months ago, when when they first unveiled their Colin Kaepernick ad, the one that was believe in anything, you know, know, believe in something, those just do it ads, you know, there were calls for boycotts back then from people who were upset that Nike was theoretically wading into the political sphere. Uh, There's also calls for boycott now uh, for people who feel the same way, and I think to your point, another thing that gets lost in here, Nike knows its customers. Right, Nike is probably better than almost any company out there at knowing who their consumers are and where they are ideologically. Right, and and that is uh, it's mostly younger, mostly tech savvy. A lot of it is urban. All those things tend to lean liberal, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Nike has been, you know, unafraid to wade into political topics in 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 the past couple months. Right, I think this is probably. Good business for Nike, right? Making a stand like this, telling people out there, Listen, we're sensitive to, to 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 things like this flag and what it might represent uh, to certain communities. Um, and even though we are, you know, within days of selling it, and even have have released some to build hype for them, uh, we're willing to pull it back. Uh, however, there's a lot of anger out there, right? And there there are a lot of people out there saying they're not going to buy Nike shoes anymore. You know, the, as you mentioned, Doug Ducey, the the governor of Arizona, you know, he pulled a one million dollar grant for Nike, uh, who is going to build a manufacturing plant right outside Phoenix. It's unclear yet if Nike is going to continue with that project. Certainly $1 million to a you know, a company that sells $40 billion of, of shoes and apparel every year is not a huge fine. Um, but, you know, I could see Nike maybe deciding, you know, maybe we'll, we'll take our business somewhere else if the governor of Arizona uh, really th- is embarrassed by the decision that we made. Um, but, you know, certainly an interesting one.
1: Here, let me explain it this way. Yeah. In, in the radio world, there are many things that we can say and we cannot say. Some are borderline. So let's say, for instance, uh, I want to use the word Heine on the air. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, the Bloomberg way says, no, you cannot use the word Heine. Fine. Okay. So now my company has said, we can't do that. But other broadcasters will use the word Heine and it's fine. Now people are mad at me because I didn't use the word Heine. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm equating the Nike problem too.
0: Interesting. And one other thing I would say about Nike, we talked you know, critical about how they got to this point without maybe without realizing that this was a was an image that was controversial. Um, Nike makes a Philadelphia 76ers uniform that has this same star pattern on it you know the, the city uniforms the third uniforms for the Philadelphia 76ers is uh the 76ers logo with these 13 stars around it it's a clear allusion to the to the Betsy Ross flag so i can understand you know partially why Nike may have gone through with this product without fully vetting it or without fully realizing um, th- that for a lot of people, primarily in the in the African-American community, that it was a symbol of something uh, th- that they don't want to be reminded of. Um, but, you know, we're going to see where this one, Shells, out. I'm sure you saw that the shoes are tremendously popular on the secondary market. Yeah. Uh, they were up to $2,500 a pair until StockX pulled them down, saying that selling them didn't, didn't agree with the values of the company. Uh, I would imagine that this is going to be, for better or worse, but because of the both the controversy around it and the, the small supply, one of the more popular Nike shoes on the resale market that, that Nike's put out in a while.
1: Well, before we move on, I, the biggest controversy to me is paying about two hundred thirty dollars for a pair of sneakers. <laughs> my mom and dad would that would never fly in my house, man. I had my they bought sneakers for me at the grocery store, man. That's that's why I was popular in school. Uh, moving right along. Uh, the Nets are the biggest winners in the NBA draft I'm sorry the NBA free agency so far uh, and they couldn't even talk about it for several days
0: and this this is I mean this is we could talk about the reason why but the Nets had you know probably the most important day in franchise history since they joined the NBA on Sunday right right they signed Kevin Durant they signed. Kyrie or agreed to terms with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, with DeAndre Jordan, you know, the three players that are going to have a huge impact could shift the balance of power in the NBA. I'm on the Nets website right now. The, the first story is summer league roster breakdown. The next one is summer league, three things to watch. Then there's uh <laughs> mixtape, the fro. There is literally no mention of Kevin Durant, of Kyrie Irving, of DeAndre Jordan, and the reason that is is that the NBA structures its free agency in this way so that when free agency opens, which was Sunday, there's a six-day period right. between when it, when it opens, when teams can start talking to players, and when deals can be signed, right? So players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can agree verbally, I'm going to sign with you, but they can't sign the deal yet, and as a result of them not signing the deal, teams can't publicly talk about it. Right, So so we know the intentions of these players. It's a huge deal. But the teams can't talk about it. The people selling their sales reps can't call up people and say, look, we got Katie and and, and Kyrie Irving. Do you want to buy some season tickets? You can't buy a Kevin Durant Nets jersey yet. There's this six-day window now. Um, unintended consequences, I think, of a rule that is intended to make it fair play for all teams to kind of touch base with the people they covet before before the signing period happens. Um, but I think the Nets are losing out on some buzz here by not being able to sell t-shirts, jerseys, tickets, oh, the yeah. moment these, these players agree.
1: Because like you said, you have this energy after Sunday, this, everybody is saying, OMG, the Brooklyn Nets, look at this. And then you lose a week uh, and and you kind of lose some of that steam.
0: Yeah, to kind of put it in perspective, we've talked about Fanatics a lot before, right? The, the, they're the, the giant in the sports apparel and merchandise world. So much of their business now is, is about striking the moment news hits, right? The moment your team wins a championship, they call them hot markets, but there's a window in there where you're so excited that you want to buy things, right? You're you're so excited about this, and, and I'm not saying that Nets fans aren't eventually going to buy it's almost like an and Kyrie Irving, exactly. But but you lose some of the impact, you know. The moment you know your franchise goes from it has been you know a couple of years ago we had the lowest win total in the NBA to go from that to a, a potential. Eastern Conference finalist at the very least in a couple of years. That that's exciting, and the and the and the Brooklyn Nets are not able to market that excitement yet. And I do wonder if the if the NBA changes its rules. I mean, I, I understand why they're in place, but as players decide where they're going to go earlier and earlier, you know, and and you can say that teams can't talk to players before Sunday, but. You know these guys made their decisions. You know a couple hours after after free agency opened. Clearly, there is some back channeling in some capacity going on, um, and it does make me think a little bit about about Kawhi Leonard, right? Who who has not made his decision yet, and if he doesn't, if his decision doesn't come until next Sunday, right. then you know Kawhi signs with the Lakers, and suddenly there's a Lakers Kawhi jersey on the website. Two hours later, and, and and the Lakers will be able to, to attract that buzz.
1: I know we got to go on, but man, if Kawhi Leonard signs with the Lakers, <laughs> and then you hook up LeBron, that's going to woo that they could be the favorite in the West to make it to the finals.
0: I would think you have an argument if, if Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard are playing together that that is the three best players ever to play on the same team in the NBA. Oh
1: my goodness. Yeah. By the way, I was laughing when you gave me the article about the fro, was that? <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Uh, moving on here, hey, USA, USA women's soccer in the World Cup in Lyon, France, my goodness. Uh, they are in the final. And uh, congratulations to them all. Uh, let's hope that uh, Megan Rapino will uh, heal up that uh, tweaked uh, hamstring and play Sunday because uh, they need her. But this team is a dynamo.
0: Yeah, it's a big 2-1 win on Tuesday uh, over England. Shout out to, to Tom and Elise out in London to Lioness fans. Sorry about that. Uh, good luck in the in the in the bronze medal game. Um yeah, the I haven't seen the ratings yet. I'm sure they're gonna be big. You know, we talked earlier this week about their jersey sales, you know, T-shirts and jerseys for this team are, are, are going through the roof right now. Mark Parker, the CEO of Nike, said that the Nike the women's home white jersey was the best-selling jersey they've ever had in a, in a single season. Um, and I would imagine the buildup towards Sunday's gold uh, championship game, final game, uh, is going to be monumental. It's going to be a a, a huge, huge thing.
1: Oh, I'm excited! I'm excited right now. to to get my uh, beer and chips and and watch this game. And I'm sure the ratings, like you said, are going to be high.
0: Yeah, so that's 11 a.m. on Fox, Eastern Time on Sunday. Uh, Just to kind of give some numbers real quick, the most watched Sport uh, soccer game ever on U.S. English language television was the the U.S. Japanese final four years ago yeah, that did twenty five million viewers, um, which is which is a huge number. The second most watched, uh, the nineteen ninety nine final, that famous U.S. China game that went to penalty kicks with Brandi oh, yeah. Chastain ripped her shirt off, um, That was eighteen million. Um, I would think that this is at least going to beat that, and and should probably uh, or, or could probably eclipse that that one from four years ago. Uh, there just seems to be so much buzz and. And excitement around around this tournament right now, and that translates really well for Fox. Remember, this is this is a, a, the Women's World Cup is part of the deal. They pay the billions of dollars they pay for the overall Men's World Cup package as well. Um, but you know, as we've seen, the success of the U.S. Women's team and the and the relative lack of success of the U.S. Men's team has made this Women's team a, a very important property as part of that deal.
1: This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Eben Novi williams
0: We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports.
1: We miss you, Scott. Right here on Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts.